On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Elon Musk is working on the ability to let you summon your Tesla with your mind. The Model S gets an option change in the design studio. Target and Tesla are expanding their supercharger partnership. I've got an interview with professional race car driver Randy Popes about his experience with a modified Model 3 at Pikes Peak and helping Tesla develop the track mode software and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey, along with Daisy the Boxer Puppy, who is actually surprisingly awake working on a bone back there. Uh, it's episode 266 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, this one for September 6th, 2020. Plenty coming up on this week's show, as I mentioned in the throw-in there. First, I wanted to give you a quick programming note. The September edition of the Patreon-exclusive bonus episode is now available for those of you who support me at the appropriate bonus episode tier or higher. I wanted to give you a list of the callers because if you hear your name and you aren't already supporting me on Patreon at that appropriate bonus episode level, I invite you to email me at teslapodcast at gmail.com, and I will be more than happy to send you a download token so that you can hear the response to your question. You were kind enough to send in a question. I want you to be able to hear the answer. So uh, Jeff from Portland, Gil from San Diego, Lawton from Chicago, Howard from Maryland, Doug from Connecticut, Robert, uh, excuse me, Ron from Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, Todd in Cleveland, Andre from Norway, Josh from Virginia, Michael from Arizona, Tony from Finland, Ben from Zurich, Switzerland, John from West Virginia, and Phil from Kent, Ohio. Uh, also, I wanted to let you know I will not be doing the hotline calls this week because I've got that Randy Popes interview. It's about, I think, 33 minutes or so, so it's a, a good chunk of time, but it's. I hope you enjoy it. I, I really had fun talking to him. But anyway, I, did, I mentioned that to still invite you to keep your calls coming. If you've got a Tesla-related question, comment, or discussion topic on your mind, you can record that uh, either in your smartphone using the built-in voice recording software like the Voice Memo on iPhone, or uh, and then you can just email that file to me, or you can call and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. The toll-free number there is 1-888-989 8752. However you send in your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many callers on each show as possible. All right. Uh, one other quick note before I get started. I wanted to mention a update to the Model 3 that's just been, I've just been made aware of. I have a friend who works in deliveries and that friend sent me a couple of pictures, a, an older Model 3 and a brand new one. So this person, you know, they, they see all the new vehicles coming through, all the new builds, everything, before they're, they're sent on their way to their owners. Uh, so the rear, on the rear glass, uh, affixed to the rear glass, there's that rubber seal for, you know, for water. Not the trunk seal, but the one that's actually attached to the bottom of the rear glass on the Model 3. That piece has been changed now. There are little holes in the seal to allow water to drain better when you open the trunk. So that, uh, I know that was an issue for a number of people 
That's something that's been flagged before that has now been addressed in production. So if you've got a Model 3 on order, you might get that new trunk seal in there. So uh, thank you to my friend in deliveries for sending that along. All right, let me get on with the news proper for this week. Uh, first, this is Tesla related, but from elsewhere in the Elon Muskiverse, a Neuralink chip implant in your mind will allow you to one day summon your Tesla just by thinking about it. And this is straight from Elon himself. Here is a clip from the very recent Neuralink update presentation in which, by the way, a pig had been implanted with the Neuralink chip to showcase the progress. Uh, and, and then during the question and answer session, someone asked about summoning your Tesla via the Neuralink implant. And here is what Elon had to say. And the question is, can the Neuralink chip allow you to summon your Tesla telepathically? Uh, definitely, of course. You heard it here first. That's a definite 100%. Carlos, that is the answer. Um, it's just one bit of information. Yeah, it's very easy. That's an easy one. Well, people were laughing there, as you could hear, but I'm pretty sure that Elon was serious. You know, I don't normally cover much about the extended Muskiverse, if you will, but this was obviously directly Tesla-related, so I wanted to play you that clip. Here's hoping that Smart Summon works a bit better by the time telepathically summoning the car is possible. Next up this week, there's been a slight design studio change on the Model S. I wanted to tip my cap here to listener Will Thomason, who sent this my way, noticed it first. There are now only two wheel choices for the Model S. There had been three. So there's the, uh, well, the one that's gone is the black 19-inch slipstream wheel option, which if I recall correctly, I think I'm correct on this, I believe that was $2,000 for that. Now you can only choose between the default wheel, which is the 19-inch Tempest wheel. That's the one that's a very arrow-looking arrow shape to it. That's the one that's going to get you your 402-mile range on the Long Range Plus. Although, it should be noted, the Tempest wheels are also available on the Performance Model S if you'd like to try and maximize that car's 348-mile range. And then the other option that you have now, the still remaining, the 21-inch Sonic Carbon-colored Twin Turbine wheels that remain the same price. They are a $4,500 option. Well, a little tweak like this tells me that most likely almost no one was choosing the Sonic Carbon slipstream wheels, which honestly, it makes sense. Why would you pay more for a dark version of the same size wheel as the one that comes on the car for the included price? So I get why not a lot of people were, were opting to spend the two grand on that. Although, as I've said, <laughs> I'm this is just subjective. I'm of the opinion uh, that the Tempest wheels are... Hey, I love Tesla, but I think the Tempest wheels are the ugliest wheels in the Tesla lineup, and it's not even close. And I also don't think that they're a good match at all, stylistically, for the sleek, muscular Model S body. Uh, of course, again, just my humble opinion. Of course, if you don't like them, 
You can upgrade to the 21-inch wheels, as I said. Uh, now, that comes with a number of trade-offs in exchange for those much sexier looks. Namely, you're going to be trading uh, the fact that you're going to have much more expensive 21-inch tires that also, they're not only, they cost more, but they won't last as long as well. So you're, there's, there's definitely a, a price trade-off to that. Now, your only other choice... I went ahead and took a look in the online Tesla shop, shop.tesla.com, to see what's available in there. You can buy the 19-inch slipstream wheels in either silver for $2,500 or black for $4,000. But in, and, and you do get, a, it's a tire and wheel package. You do get everything. Uh, and that's also the installed price. So you could, you know, you're not paying any labor on top of that either. But... In either case, you're buying a winter tire package there. So if you, if you just want to get rid of the Tempest wheels, but you don't, you know, you want to stick with a 19, you don't want to do the uh, the 21 inch Sonic Carbons. The only official way you can just order something through Tesla is w getting a winter tire and wheel set. So that's uh, not the most convenient way to go, but there's always aftermarket. Next up this week, Elon visited Gigafactory 4, that would be Giga Berlin, this week to check on progress there. He says he's going to be there, quote, quite frequently, and he answered a few questions on his way out in an impromptu nine-minute session with reporters in front of the construction site. I want to send a shout-out here and a thank you to Ride the Lightning listener James Stevenson for posting the audio of this. I don't know if he actually captured it, but it was uh, he who posted it. So thank you, James. Now, uh, fair warning, there is wind noise in this clip because again, the whole thing was impromptu. So please forgive uh, the, bit of, the bit of wind noise that you're about to hear. We're lucky to have this clip at all since uh, Elon just walked up and started answering a few questions for a few minutes. For the whole nine minute thing, please check out James Stevenson's Twitter at at I cannot underscore enough. So I cannot is all together. I-C-A-N-N-O-T underscore enough. Thank you, James. And here is Elon speaking about why they're trying to move so quickly on construction of Gigafactory 4 in Berlin. Oh, uh, I, you know, I believe in speed. You know, and I think also, well, I mean, to be more serious for a second, uh, it's, it's, I think, very important. Uh, for uh, climate, that we move quickly. So, um, it, 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 oh, sorry, it, it matters to, to me. <laughs> no, but, you know, I think it's, it's very important um, that we uh, accelerate the transition to sustainable energy and that we move as quickly as possible. And so this is the reason for the sense of urgency. Um, and I've been saying this for a long time, you know, and, and it's, um, it's good to see uh, some of the companies like VW taking this like very seriously now, um, but um, but still only a very small percentage of the cars that are made are electric. Um, and then there's, um, you know, I think we'll do maybe more than more than cars here. We'll also, pro I think, we'll probably be building some uh, batteries uh, and cells and, and some other things here. So that'll be good for stationary storage of wind and solar. Um, and essentially, the, the three elements that are needed for uh, a sustainable energy future are sustainable energy generation, uh, uh, energy storage, and 
uh, sustainable transport, uh, electric cars, and, and eventually electric aircraft and electric. And for, ironically, every, everything can go, go electric except rockets. But anyway. and you can't have <laughs> gas cars on Mars. But, but, yeah. But, but the, the reason for the urgency is that it, it matters if we take a short time or a long time. Um, and if the, the, the faster we can make the transition to a sustainable energy future, the better for the world. That's why. You know, a few years ago, the answer to why are you moving so quickly might have been because the survival of the company depends on it. So thankfully now, it really is just rapid growth and expansion. Elon can literally afford to put the, well, maybe not the pedal to the metal. I mean, that's, I guess he can, he can afford to do that too. He's got uh, as many... Model S performances as he wants, but anyway, he can he can literally afford to go as fast as possible on construction. So love to hear that. Uh, here's another clip about how the paint shop and the engineering of the Model Y. Uh, actually, this one's more about the paint specifically, the new paint shop in Giga Berlin. We're gonna uh, do some original engineering and design work, um, and I think. Uh, I may mention the, that the uh, Berlin paint factory will, will be the most advanced paint factory of any, of any uh, car factory in the world. Um, and I think this, this is going to be really cool. It's going to be actually, to be totally frank, better than the one in the US. But, you know, whatever. We'll upgrade the one in the US later. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so it's, 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 a, it's a really, really cool multi layer paint system. Um, and, you know, we're going to have a color lab here. And, and, and it's going to be really cool. So, um, you know, it's engineering and design as well as uh, manufacturing. So. Well, you know, he's said this before, but not quite so bluntly. You know, you know there are going to be a million YouTube videos of people comparing Berlin-built Model Ys to the Fremont-built Model Ys in terms of the paint and the paint quality. More importantly, though, I am curious how the Fremont paint shop upgrade is going to happen. Aren't they gonna have to shut down production to do that? Because you need to paint every car. We're not at the Cybertruck yet. And of course, the Cybertruck's not gonna be built in Fremont. It's gonna be built at Giga Austin. So, I mean, maybe they'll do it over the holidays next year, like, uh, you know, the December 2021, when the factory is either closed for the holidays or, or maybe just really quiet and things are... You know, things are kind of at a minimal operation. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm kind of curious how that's going to go. All right. And the, the third and final clip I have, again, check out James's Twitter if you want to see the whole thing. But this third and final clip is about the engineering up, uh, improvements specifically that Giga Berlin will be making to the Model Y when they begin producing it. The factory, um, but then we also. Uh, um, I mean, there's a bunch of innovative stuff that we'll be doing here that uh, we'll tell tell you about in the, in the future. It's it's not just um, you know a copy of the the Model Y. It's it's actually a radical redesign of the core technology of building a car. Um, and some of this, when I do Battery Day uh, later in September, I'll talk about what we're going to be doing here in Berlin. But it'll be the first time that there's going to be a transform transformation in the. Uh, core structural design of the vehicle. Uh, it's quite, it's quite, quite a big thing. Um, so it's, it's a, like I said, both manufacturing, uh, engineering, and design as well. You know, I'm curious how Battery Day factors into the redesign of building a car. I mean, I suppose it's something about the battery pack and/or the way it's assembled uh, in, that might make things. Uh, quicker, easier, and or cheaper. 
I mean, I guess we'll find out. And by the way, just over two weeks, as of this airing, we are just over two weeks away from Battery Day, which we've been anticipating and waiting for for quite some time. I, of course, will have full Battery Day coverage for you. It'll be on episode 269, so three episodes from now. That'll be the show airing Sunday, September 27th. Next up this week, Target is deepening its partnership with Tesla to bring more superchargers to a whole bunch more Target shopping center parking lots. There's already a relationship there. Uh, if you're here in the Bay Area, the Bridgepoint Shopping Center in San Mateo, uh, which is one of the, I guess, I guess it's not quite my local Target, but I, I'm there. I end up finding my way there from time to time. I've used that supercharger a number of times. But anyway, uh, expect a lot more superchargers at Target's over the coming year or so. I found this via Reddit, but ultimately the credit goes to the username MarcoRP on the Tesla Motors Club forums. And I wanted to just go ahead and read you the list because Marco has the, the actual letter, like the, the letter of intent between Target and Tesla that's signed by both parties. And it's got the list of all the locations where there will be superchargers at Target's. So... Check this out. It is, I'm just, I'm just going to run down this list. Austin South Park, Waco, Lacey, Ta uh, I'm not sure quite how to pronounce this, Tanisborn, T-A-N-A-S-B-O-U-R-N-E, Salem, Medford, Camarillo, Escondido, San Diego, Redlands, Hawthorne, Simi Valley, Hesperia, San Clemente, the Bronx, Woburn, uh, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce this one either. St it's, is it Stoughton or Stoughton? S-T-O-U-G-H-T-O-N. I'm, I'm offending, I'm accidentally offending a whole bunch of listeners by mispronouncing their town names here as I run down this list. Brooklyn, Bayshore, Highland Park, Grand Forks, Modesto, that's out here-ish. Uh, uh, Morgan Hill, also kind of on the extended Bay Area down south. Woodland. Sand City, Emeryville, that's here. San, San Jose South, Lathrop, that's, of course, Tesla's got their distribution center up there. Uh, Fremont South, Cupertino, Gilroy, Brentwood, Charlotte, Noonan, Nashville, Douglasville, with two S's, Daytona, East Point, Douglasville is listed again. Okay, so that's, a, never mind, same thing, that's a repeat. Uh, Daytona, listed again, East, okay, so those were just repeats. Uh, Columbus, North Miami Beach, Montgomery, and Orlando. So there you go. There is the list of uh, targets that will be getting superchargers in the coming months. And I got to say, I love seeing this. From the 10,000-foot-high view, as I like to pull back from uh, and look at from time to time, my read on this is this. People who aren't Tesla owners that start seeing these superchargers at a bunch of different target locations, it's just going to help them get used to seeing them and not think of them as some alien or, or, or worse, niche thing. I think it will, in effect, help normalize Teslas and electric vehicles for a lot of target shoppers. And obviously, Target's a huge retail chain. Uh, so uh, this is obviously a very good thing if it indeed... I, my uh, presumption is correct there that it will help normalize things. It's just, it's just another positive step on the road to widespread EV adoption. So 
hopefully this partnership will continue to expand to eventually, heck, let's be out, let's just go shoot for the moon here. I'd like to see this at every single target in the United States. That would be cool. Next up this week, well, Tesla's stock uh, didn't miss a beat in its continued rise after splitting five to one this week. It surged again early and then tailed off, but ultimately it landed, it's still, if you just multiply it by five, it's still right around 2,000, uh, just split five ways. But anyway, uh, on that surge, Tesla themselves took advantage of that by doing a $5 billion capital raise on just 1% dilution of the stock, according to Tesla Bull Investment Advisor and Ride the Lightning. I'm going to assume he's a Ride the Lightning listener because he follows me on Twitter, Ross Gerber. Hi, Ross, if you're listening. Which, uh, so I, I, again, I am no financial expert as Ross is, but if I understand correctly based on my minimal knowledge of stocks and investing, it's really great if you only have to issue 1% more stock in order to raise $5 billion of capital, just boom, straight injected into, into Tesla's balance sheet. So what then is Tesla going to do with this additional cash flow? Well, in their own words, they say, quote, we currently intend to use the net proceeds from this offering to further strengthen our balance sheet as well as for general corporate purposes. Pending use of the proceeds as described above, we intend to invest the proceeds in highly liquid cash equivalents or United States government securities. Well, uh, I don't want to end this segment, the news segment here on a downer, but I'd like to give my opinion on this and say that I really think they should invest a good chunk of this money into the service and delivery portions of the business. I know it's anecdotal. I know there are plenty of people that have that totally great service, totally great deliveries, but there have just been so many anecdotal reports of people who have had what... The thing is, it's not just that they've had frustrating experiences, but that they, in reading all these encounters and accounts of things, a lot of it just seems like unnecessarily frustrating service experiences, delivery experiences. So, I mean, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again here. This, the issue of service uh, specifically, I mean, I'm, I'm lumping the delivery experience in this too, but, but primarily service. I believe that service, I mean, that is to me, it's my single biggest worry about Tesla in the long term. I'm not worried about the products. Those are obviously amazing, and there is no indication that they're going to slow down anytime soon. The next vehicles that Tesla has coming are the Cybertruck, the Tesla Semi, which could disrupt an entire new industry, and the Tesla Roadster, whose single purpose in life is to annihilate the performance metrics of every, of any gasoline-powered car. So you've got a very exciting product lineup there. I'm not worried about the products. I'm also not worried about the financial health of the, of the company anymore. Thankfully, uh, that is on sturdier ground than ever. But my worry is service. I mean, if you're a longtime listener, you may remember, and if not, I mean, it's been a long time. It's been a long year, and this was from a couple of years. Is this, I don't know if this was last year or the year before. 
at the annual annual shareholders meeting. But uh, Elon took some questions from Twitter, and uh, and one of them that he took was from me, and I specifically asked about service and investing in service because I I was worried about it at the time. This was before the Model Y, and uh, he addressed it, which was nice, but he, he addressed it with just sort of a general but encouraging kind of a we're on it type of reply. And uh, this to me, I mean, I, I would have to say in all honesty, the the volume of of complaints and things has seemingly gone up. Now, again, I realize that you mostly hear about the bad experiences on forums, on Reddit, on what have you in the, you know, the online uh, communication sphere, just the, the online chatter. You don't hear as much about the good things. And of course, Tesla's ramping volume a lot. So just you would expect the volume of both the good and the bad to go up. But I am concerned about this. Uh, I do hope that that Tesla addresses it because if they don't invest in strengthening service soon, I said, I just think it could become a, really it could stain their reputation in a, in a way that could be difficult to shake off, which I use the word stain very intentionally because a stain can be difficult to get out. So I implore Tesla to take a close look at the service and delivery side of the business with this new injection of cash and, that's it. I promise I'm going to get off my soapbox now. In fact, not just off the soapbox, uh, unless we're racing, we're doing soapbox derby racers, huh? There's a there's a segue and a half right there. <laughs> uh, coming up right after this short little Steve Downs Master Chief bumper is my interview with Randy Pro, uh, the Rocket. I was, I was trying to decide whether to say his nickname or his last name. I went with neither and it didn't go well. Welcome to Ride the Lightning. Happy Friday, or whenever you're... Actually, that's when I'm recording this. Happy whatever day it is that you're listening to this. Happy long holiday weekend. Anyway, uh, stay tuned next for my interview with Randy Popes about all of his recent Tesla experiences. Enjoy. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. I am very pleased this week to be joined by Randy the Rocket Popes. He is joining me fresh off of his trip to Pikes Peak. He is a professional race car driver. Uh, Randy, you're, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to ride the lightning, Ryan. Yes, thank you for for doing that. You uh you are you probably are the the most living embodiment of that as far as how uh how fast you drive these these Teslas and how much how much racing you have done in your lifetime. I want to give people that may not be familiar with you just a quick bit of your credentials are incredible. Uh so you're active in the SCCA World Challenge GT series and the Grand American Series GT class. You were the World Challenge GT Champion in 2003, 2007, 2008, and 2010. Uh, the 1996 North American Touring Car Championship title winner. 2005, 2006, 2007 SCCA World Challenge TC Vice Champion. And you are a two-time class winner of the 24 Hours of Daytona back in 2001 and 2006. That is uh, a lot of hardware on your shelf, my friend. Thank you very much. It's been a great ride. 
Well, uh, let me get right to it. So uh, it's you have have sort of found yourself working with and and uh, just driving Teslas more and more recently. Uh, you just got back from Pikes Peak, a notorious race. I want to talk about the, that in a second, but let me actually just start at the beginning real quick. How how and when, like sort of what is your first memory of Tesla, either sort of as a company and what your initial thoughts of them were, or or even maybe more specifically, the first time you drove one? I don't know if it would have been the original Roadster or the S or what. I'm, I'm sort of curious of your uh, your Tesla origin story, as it were. Well, an important part of my background more recently is that I have been working for Motor Trend magazine, and yes. I've been there tester, video host. Uh, I write road tests. And mostly I set lap records and things. I do their track testing. And that led me to driving a Tesla for the first time. But where I really started with Tesla was in a mall. And I don't, Hmm. you can tell me probably when that was, I just passed by a mall store for Tesla and they had a chassis sitting there Yes. Nothing but wheels. Skateboard. A battery. Yeah. And as a race car driver, I was very impressed at this illustration of a the uh, best possible center of gravity. As a race car driver, I much prefer a low center of gravity. Sure. Because that makes a car handle better because it doesn't... Um, react as much to steering inputs. It's, it's more responsive and has, would have less body roll and uh, less weight transfer, which allows a, a chassis or a car to go around a corner faster. And all those things, it looked really good to me. And at the time, what time era would that have been, Ryan? You can help me well, out. Well, yeah. In the, in the early days of the Model S, as they were starting to actually open up more and more stores. I don't know if you, if you're, I'm not sure which part of the country you're in, but, uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you're everywhere. But yeah, they, in the, in the S days, you know, before they could fill a showroom with four cars, the S, the three, the X and the Y, and it was just the S, uh, they would often display the, a model S and then the rolling chassis. So yeah, I mean, we're, you're probably thinking around maybe 24, 2013 to 2015 kind of range. Oh, really? It, it feels like a lot longer ago than that. But mm. if I think about it, that's five or six years. And sure. And flies. And uh, so my first exposure was, was no doubt before that, uh, being interested in cars. I'd heard of Tesla, but I hadn't had exposure. But I was in, I think, Boulder, Colorado, and I saw a Tesla Roadster go by, the one based on the Lotus Elise. Yeah. And when I, when I saw that, I, I thought, okay, another cute, quirky, weirdo electric car. <laughs> because <laughs> they had always been strange. And they would go 30 miles, and they had 15 golf cart batteries in them. And right. in the dark ages, a friend of mine did some work with a company called Tropica. Have you heard of a Tropica? No, that's a new, that one's new to me. A battery-powered sports car from my old hometown area of Melbourne, Florida, and this is in this would have been in the eighties, maybe early nineties, mm-hmm. and it was like that. It, it had um, no top and battery-powered, 
with golf cart batteries. So I I always thought of electric cars as these quirky oddball devices that you wouldn't use unless you wanted them for a toy right. or uh, in some of those neighborhoods where golf carts are often used for daily transportation. Maybe you have this little electric car, like that funny looking doorstop one that was in the seventies or eighties. <laughs> anyway, I was working for Motor Trend when the technical director of the magazine drove up in a Model S. He'd had one for a few weeks or longer. Yeah. And as the tech guy, this was kind of his duty to, to uh, sort this thing out. What have we got here? And so that's the first time that I really noticed and looked at a Model S in person. And I was curious. And it, it drove up. And I was surprised. And then I opened the door and just looked in and I was surprised. And I thought, this looks like a real car. (laughs) (laughs) And and he let me drive it at just a very short distance uh, around uh, a few buildings. But still, I was impressed at the, the apparent build quality and of course, the smoothness and the power, I didn't get on it too much, but uh, the instant torque, all those wonderful electric qualities. My neck, I didn't drive it far at all. My next exposure was when we had a, as I recall, a Model 3 early in, in its uh, gestation when it was brand yeah. new on the market. They asked me to hot lap the car at Streets of Willow Springs in Southern Cal. And I run that track all the time in all kinds of cars. And so I, so I zoomed out in whatever version of the Model 3 this was. It was pre-track mode. And I uh, got in a lot of trouble. The, the, well, there was a lot of intervention, and the car was not comfortable being driven flat out. Yeah. And actually, the worst part was the brakes. It, the ABS system was easily confused by this bumpy corner. And uh, I ended up going for a ride through the desert at 90 miles an hour. Wow. Scared the crap out of me. And fortunately, at Streets of Willow, there are very few walls, very little to hit. And the Tesla guys that were there, one of them might have been Lars, who I think has since moved up the ladder a little bit. But they were very kind. I said, look, I'm sorry. This thing just, the pedal, brake pedal went hard. It just would not stop. Um, the, the ABS is overreactive and, and, uh, I don't want to drive it anymore. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On track. And even though it was powerful and, um, guess what? A few weeks later, somewhere in there, I got an email from Lars. Can you help me with his last name? You know who I mean, right? I'm actually not sure. He must be on the, 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 the driving engineering team. Yes, he is. He is. And I think he's moved up the ladder a bit since I worked with him, but he's definitely engineering. Um, and uh, so I uh, I said, sure, I'd love to. And they, they wanted me to consult on this track mode that they were working with. Yeah. And that's that's my Tesla history. And so that was a big, big moment for me. I was I was very honored to become part of that. And I felt like I could really help. Well, that's pretty cool because uh, the car in my garage right now has software that you helped develop. 
which is pretty sweet. Uh, uh, well, I was in, I was on uh, track mode dot one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's evolved already as all things Tesla do. Right. And to that, to that end, it, 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 really that, that brings me right to the next thing, which is you just got back from Pike's Peak, a notorious race, and you did that in a using track mode version two in a modified, heavily modified performance model three. And uh, for those that may not have have seen uh, your your exploits online this past weekend, uh, things didn't quite go as planned this weekend, did they? <laughs> it was a, it was a sudden disaster. That's the click title on the <laughs> video that, that I made. This Tesla is uh, highly modified by unplugged um, performance. and yeah, I'm going to ask you about that. them in a bit, but go ahead. Yeah, and uh, what that means is that the car has been lightened as much as possible by removing all unnecessary interior, like, like stripping for a race car, sure. putting XN windows in it, and uh, suspension. It's got springs anti-sway bars. It's got a wide body carbon fiber, wide body kit with big fat wheels and racing tires. But interestingly, the drivetrain is completely original stock Tesla. Yeah. So no more power, no variations in track mode, no, no nothing because all of that is very difficult or impossible to modify. So we run that just as is. It's still street legal. It's got a 10-day tag on No, a 30-day tag on it. <laughs> Paper tag. Owner Ben Schaefer bought a brand new Model 3 and did all that work over the space of about a month, last month. Yeah. And we had actually been to WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca in Monterey, California to, to test the car. And that was a good day. It was fantastic. The car is so fast. One of the highlights is that it stops so well, which surprised me because this car is not terribly light, but it's light for a Model 3. It's, right. it's 3,750 pounds, roughly. And um, that's about, what would that be, three or 400 pounds lighter than a regular Model 3. Correct. Yes, sir. And not nearly as luxurious but uh, still smooth and quiet. And with that low center of gravity, which is lower than ever because everything that unplugged removed is above the center of gravity. (laughs) (laughs) It gets lower and lower. It hides its weight. The car does not feel heavy. It handled terrifically. They have very special shocks for it. And I set an uh, electric lap record at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca on my very first lap. Well, and it's not just that you you beat uh, Tesla's own other other uh, more infamous prototype, the the Plaid Model S that they then took to the Nurburgring. So uh, you you did that in a you know in a stock drivetrain Model Three, which is pretty darn impressive. We're really proud of that, and so the car handled great. Everything worked beautifully, and it was ready to go to Pikes Peak, which was only about a week later. So. I have run Pikes Peak before five times. So I've been up and down that mountain and I kind of getting to know the road. It's, it's an incredible, crazy, thrilling drive that if you imagine a narrow winding road that starts at 9,000 feet and finishes at 14,000 feet. Wow. It, 
is there's almost no guardrails up top. There's these hundred mile an hour sweeping corners with nothing but blue sky on the one side and nothing but a mountain on the left, on the other side, (laughs) excuse me. And so I do it for the thrill and for the challenge and for the views. It's just beautiful. (laughs) And an electric car is well suited to Pikes Peak because for one thing, Gas engines or combustion engines require oxygen. Well, there's not much oxygen above 9,000 feet. And so they slow down a lot. Whereas electrons don't care. (laughs) They're every bit (laughs) as fast at 14,000 feet as they are at sea level. So that works well. And the other thing is it's a short run. It's 12 and a half miles. And uh, the electric power in a Tesla or actually in any electric car I've driven, you when you run flat out full throttle, you use it up fast. Oh, yeah. The car is fast enough that you can't do that on the street without, without ending up in jail. <laughs> but on a racetrack, you can. And it uses it up fast. So 10 minutes is a good length mm-hmm. where, where we'll still be going pretty good at the finish line. It's not going to lose a lot of power. It may be a little bit. Yeah. But you're still going good at 10 minutes. So the, the length and the altitude are beneficial to electric cars. And um, I was thrilled to go there. And on the first day, we were amazing. The car handled so well. It was fast. We had these race tires on the car that were so good. And we qualified first by miles way ahead. <laughs> Everybody was slapping on the back. We just felt so good about it. We had the record at Laguna. We had the first qualifying in our division and, and surprisingly high overall, even against these open wheeled race machines that look like uh, Indy cars or formula one cars wow. we would have been, I think it was fourth in that division, which is incredible for what is basically a, a model three. Yeah. With some really cool suspension. So day one was the high of the highs racing is highs and lows. And day one was fantastic. We roll out to day two and practice at Pikes Peak Highway. It, it starts early in the morning because they want us to practice and then get the heck out of the way so that they can, oops, excuse me, then get the heck out of the way so that they can run normal tourist traffic. So we're all done by 9 a.m. We start at 6 a.m. Well, we're doing the top section for practice. We practice it one third at a time, two or three miles mm-hmm. each. And, um, we we get up there at 6 a.m. Well, what do you think the temperature is at 12,000 feet at 6 a.m.? <laughs> in Colorado, yeah. It's a little bit chilly. But it was in the 40s, which is not crazy, but uh, racing tires don't like that. And, right. You know, Ryan, I've been racing my whole life. And we had the, we had a big lead. We did well in qualifying. The, the team owner and unplugged owner, Ben Schaefer, pulls me aside. All right, Randy, you know. We're in good shape here. You take it easy and learn the road, do what you got to do. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You got it. <laughs> so uh, I leave the line for that first run early in the morning. And, and um, we usually use tire warmers, the, the electric blankets that you put around your tires to warm them up. But uh, we, we'd we had some issues with generators and we borrowed the ones next door and they weren't all that, weren't all that warm and so I leave the line, and I know all this. I know all this. Yeah. I'm, I'm experienced. And I go zooming off around the first corner and the second corner. and come down in the third corner. There's a big bump. And 
I'm, I slow down. I'm like, okay, I know I got a big bump here. It's called bottomless pit. <laughs> so I come down into that corner. That's because if you go over the wall, it is something like 6,000 feet, almost straight down. Anyway, I come down into that corner and I turn in smooth and everything's feeling good. And we hit this big bump, boom. And I'm thinking, okay, no problem. And the car loops sideways. And it surprises me. I, I have not felt the car do anything like that before. It's always been just magic. Yeah. Loop sideways. And I throw my hands into action, whip that wheel around to catch it and whip that wheel around. And well, I, I, I didn't. I didn't catch it. <laughs> I shoot off the side of the road and, and I bang into this stone wall that actually kind of helps keep me from going over the cliff. Yeah. And, and, um, I get, about 40 miles an hour, right? Yeah, I get it slowed down some. I mean, the, the corner was about 65, 70 miles an hour, and I'm down to about 40 because we have a on the Windcar camera on my Randy Pope's YouTube channel. There's a great video of this. And on my Windcar camera, you can see that lovely Tesla touchscreen. We, we still have that. We have to have that sure. for the car to run and to do everything. And it tells you exactly how fast you're going. So anyway, I know I was going 40 miles an hour when I banged the wall, kind of a side shot, spun the car around and into a ditch, very unfriendly ditch. You don't want to go off the road at Pikes Peak. That's a bad idea. And the car's wrecked. I wrecked it, Ryan. Well, but then uh, as we kind of move along here, you the the team – the unplugged performance team, if I have this correct, pulls an all-nighter and rebuilds the car. So when you wake up to that, because I'm sure they told you, I mean, you're the driver. They tell you, you know, you're not staying up all night. You need to go to bed. Did, you come in the next day. Did, is it just sort of business as usual? Or or are you at that point just extra energized and you want to go out and win this thing for these guys that just pulled an all-nighter? Well, there was a turning point. Uh, it was actually 48 hours straight. 48 hours. Okay. Yeah. is the way it ended up. And well, you know, it's a terrible feeling to see this beautiful brand new car wrecked. And th the team was looking at it to think, well, can, can we fix this? The body wasn't bad at all, but the rear suspension, well, the suspension was, was pretty bent up and broken mm -hmm. all the way around. And they were looking at the car and they even noticed that the, the rear drive unit was damaged. The mount had, had broken off in the impact. Yeah. And uh, underneath, though, the car didn't look too bad. Uh, the battery didn't look like it had been too ravaged in any way. And um, the turning point was this. We had the, un the unplugged guys were there, especially Eddie and Craig um, and they were looking it over and uh, I got a call from a friend of mine in Colorado Springs by the name of Joe Brenner, who works at Porsche Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. Joe's a race enthusiast. And uh, he said, look, Randy, this is before I even got off the mountain. He, he said, call me if you need any help with this. He'd seen the accident. He heard the story. He didn't see the wreck, but he heard the story. Well, he hooked us up with, with the body shop that, the Porsche dealership works through. It's called Euro Cars in Colorado Springs. And there were two Tesla trained technicians there. One guy named Brian Cannon, the other guy, Christian, I can't remember his last name. Well, we looked, the, we had these two guys look at the car, body guys, mind you, they fix 
crashes in Teslas. Yeah. And they said, I think we can fix this. And that was the second 24 hours. They had the, these rolling tables that you, you uh, put the subframes on when you lower them out of the car. They're actually, mm -hmm. they're unitized, as I'm sure you know. Uh, no, what, what's the better word for that? They're um, built in sections. So you can, with, with just a few bolts, you can remove the entire drive unit suspension and steering right. out of the front. Brakes, everything. And we did. And you, you know what Ben Schaefer did? He bought another Tesla. <laughs> he made a conscious decision. You know what? I don't want this story to end with a crash. We're going to do everything we can to fix this. And you know what he said? He said, I want to put a good story out there in the world. Yeah. There's so much crap going on. You know, we're not going to give up. We're going to get this car back up that mountain. And so when I walked in, that's about where they were. Wow. <laughs> they decided to buy a car. And I looked down and I said, I didn't say it, but I thought, are you crazy? <laughs> and so Brandon Unplugged Performance bought a second Tesla. I think they bought it from Tesla. We, we got some help from Tesla itself. Good. Yeah, it was like it was like the cavalry was was coming over the hill to rescue us. It was great. If they had a, if they had a, another performance model three on the lot on the at the at the store. Why not? There it is. They brought it down from Denver and jacked it up next to the race car and started switching parts. Yeah, and by the next morning, <laughs> we had a car that ran. And wow. took, yeah, this was Saturday, the day before the race. So I missed the rest of practice. And um, we, we took it out to an airport that uh, Joe also hooked us up with and ran it around the airport and it ran great. So the next morning, early, uh, the event starts at 7.30 a.m. on the mountain on Sunday morning. And we were there with our unplugged Tesla Model 3 ready to race it was ready to go and yeah. then you came in and you came in second which is just incredible after well, all that it was incredible i mean i don't know that there was a lot of emotion over what a comeback it was yeah. and getting that car to the start line in good shape and and when we took off right and i'm going you know what? i'm not going to go crazy here but i want to win this thing well just a short distance into the run, some sensor decided the batteries were getting hot, probably related to, to my crash. And um, the, the car cut power maybe 70, 80%. It wasn't terrible. Yeah. But it was going like 90 miles an hour on the straights instead of 110 or 120, which is yeah. a big deal when you're running for sure. time. <laughs> and we ran all the way up the mountain, and yes, sir, we finished second to a stock Tesla Model 3 driven by Blake Fuller. God bless him. He beat us. He did a great job. And it was only 1.3 seconds. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I wanted to win this so bad. But the shiny part, the wonderful part was we made it. We made it to the summit. We had a good, complete run. And um, we brought the Phoenix back up from the ashes. Yes. Well, that... I love it. That this is why I wanted to have you on. I knew this this is a great story. Uh, and but before I let you go, I've got a few more. I, I mean, I've got. A, I'm sitting here with a professional race car driver uh, who, <laughs> who has Tesla experience. So 
Yes, it's sort of in short, Randy, I want to know what's it like to drive a model three at such high speeds to just go be going, you know, it's not, it's not a, a privilege any of us have on the streets. Both the standard model three and the unplugged race car handle great. They it's, it's okay. I'll give you a little rundown for one. It's very powerful. I like the, and the performance, it's a dual motor. So it's all wheel drive. We're driving the front and rear wheels, which probably every single one of your listeners knows. And the all wheel drive gives it incredible traction, especially out of the slow corners, which is good because the electric motor has tremendous torque at low speeds. Mm-hmm. Nothing beats a Tesla off the line. And in fact, the fastest zero to 60 time and quarter mile time that Motor Trend has ever tested is a Tesla, Tesla Model S P90D in ludicrous mode. <laughs> right. Well, well, probably by now the P100D, I'm sure, beat the P90D's time. There you go. See, I'm a little behind. And uh, so you know, who would think that? And you've got to go to Motor Trend and look, there's this incredible drag race of a uh, Model X versus an Alpha 4C. An Alpha oh, 4C. oh, I've seen this. Yeah, go ahead. I won't ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> you see, Model X is drag racing an Alpha 4C, which is a little 230 yeah. or 240 horsepower carbon fiber Alfa Romeo sports car. And they take off. And and sh- sure enough, the Model X is starting to pull away from this 4C. It's amazing. And as the Model X gets a little further ahead as they're going down the drag strip, you see, wait a minute, the Model X is towing a trailer. <laughs> the Model X gets a little further ahead, and you realize the Model X is towing a trailer with an Alfa Romeo 4C on it. <laughs> and it's beating the 4C in the quarter pile. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was Johnny Lieberman's idea, or maybe it was Jason Camessa. I don't know. Motor Trend guys were so creative and funny, <laughs> and a great demonstration of the the power of Teslas yeah. and of electric vehicles in general. The potential is tremendous, and so. Driving around on a racetrack, it comes out of a corner really fast. Then down a long straightaway, it's sort of not so crazy fast. It's still going good. The speedometer's going up quick, but it's not pulling. It's like an exaggeration of your golf cart, which (laughs) takes off really quick and then kind of levels off a little bit, right? But without governor. And then in the brake zone, at full, full speed, especially on racing slicks, the Tesla Model 3 brakes unbelievably well. The, the combination of the light, or not the lightweight, the low center of gravity causes yeah. less weight transfer to the front. So the rear can do more work. And the regen, the, the regeneration of electricity yes. augments the brakes. And the thing just stops incredibly well, far beyond its numbers on paper. And that's what I found, especially in the unplugged race car. And then in the corner, when you turn for the corner, the steering response is really quick. It has got very, what I call a strong front, a lot of front end grip, and just basically a well-balanced sporting handling car, even a stock Model 3, is, is a nice car to drive around the racetrack since track mode. Yeah, in track mode, I don't recommend it because it's just not a very happy animal at full speed. 
Well, what's, do you have a real quick, do you have a professional driving tip that might be specific to Tesla's that you could give to my audience that might help their everyday driving? Be smooth. You've got a very powerful car. And so don't slam that gas pedal down. Yeah. Roll it on smoothly. And when you come off, come off smoothly. The smoother you drive, the better you drive. Because the smoother you drive, the less you shock your tires. And mm-hmm. tires are like parents. They don't like shocks. You want to break it to them gently. So when you start to turn the car or when you get on the power, do it smoothly. There's only one circumstance, well, there's two circumstances where you're not allowed to be smooth. All right? <laughs> one circumstance where, you're, where you don't have to be smooth is when you want to stop quickly. Yeah. If you're going straight, the tires aren't doing anything but going straight. So, boom, jump on that brake pedal and use it. And in the Teslas I've driven, especially the three, it's fantastic. The other time you're allowed not to be smooth is when you are trying to, um, I'm going to, I want to say impress, but that word's not strong enough. When you're trying to blow the mind of your friends who have never been in a Tesla before, <laughs> and you're in a safe place with nothing ahead of you, and you just, you just floor it and let them feel that electric torque. Right <laughs> the time, be smooth with your steering inputs, with your yeah. throttle inputs. That's my racing tip to you that works on the street to make you safer and your passengers more comfortable. I like that. Um, real quick, what do you expect out of the aforementioned tri-motor Plaid Model S when, uh, and or the, tes- the new Tesla Roadster once those are available? Well, I'm thinking more of the good stuff. I have been very impressed with what Tesla has accomplished. I remember learning that the car was built in Fremont, California, in the Bay Area. (laughs) I thought, what? You're kidding me. This car is built in the San Francisco Bay Area? (laughs) And, And it was so good. It feels really great to me that something designed, you know, for the most part, I mean, fully, I think, designed in America and a lot of it built and certainly assembled in America. Absolutely. And it's so good. These are real cars. They're beautiful. They're comfortable. They're practical. And their owners are fanatic for that very reason. They love these things. And they are, they're not quirky. They're real cars. And as a race car, they're successful too. Just right now, it has to be a short race, like Pike Peak. And guess what? I'm going back with unplugged performance next year. That's what Ben Schaefer says. Well, that'll be fun. We'll look forward to that. Where do you, real quick, where do you stand on the Cybertruck before I let you go? It's, I, it's a divisive thing. Number one, I don't know a lot about it. Just a little bit of reading in Motor Trend Magazine. Yeah. But I am a huge fan because it is so extreme. And I think because of how good the other Teslas are. This thing's going to work. It's going to be so cool. I can't wait to see one go by. Everybody's going to think we've been invaded by Martians the first time we see them on the road. <laughs> oh, I love it. Randy Pope's world champion race car driver model. And, and now you're a, you're a te- you can count Tesla as your among your things you're enthusiastic about. I know it's, it's not just, you know, you're, you're, not you're not just a Mazda Volvo Audi Porsche guy. It's you're you're you've got Tesla on the list as well now. So, uh, I Randy, I sincerely appreciate you coming on and telling your your Tesla story. Uh, I, I had a great time with it. Thank you so much. 
Ryan, thanks for the opportunity. And hello, Tesla people. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Randy. I had a good time talking to him. Uh, As for me this week, I actually just got back from Immaculate Reflections, getting my new Zero-G wheels ceramic coated so that they clean super nice and easy, uh, which I had had my original wheels ceramic coated. And yes, they were super easy to clean. They pretty much always looked clean. It was uh, very much worthwhile. So um, I want to mention something real quick, though. You know, I don't like to disparage other cars. Cars are, everyone has a unique personality and a, and a different goal. Like, you know, a, a Prius is different than a than an F-150. You know, they're meant for different things. So I'll tell you, I when I went to leave my car out at Immaculate Reflections, I didn't want to take public transit home. It's the pandemic. And my wife was busy, Thought so I thought, okay, well, you know what? I'll just rent a car. There was a, a, a enterprise right near there. So sure. All right. No problem. So anyway, I do that and they give me uh, one of the new Camaros, which is a car. I have to say, I've never driven it. I never sat in it, but I love the look of it. I really, it's just got that for me. I like that sort of part retro part modern fusion that, that the, the new Camaro does. Uh, I'm a just. I think it looks very aggressive. I like that it's kind of a wedge shape. I mean, hey, you're talking to a guy, or you're listening to a guy that owned a DeLorean, so I'm definitely a fan of the wedge shape. But I have to say, as soon as I sat in the in the Camaro, I was stunned at how bad the visibility is. It is it is unbelievable. The greenhouse is so tiny. It's like you're you're driving. You're like like you're looking through a mail slot when you're driving that car. It, the the greenhouse is just so squashed. The you know there's there's barely any windshield to look out of, and your windows on the side are are there's there's not a lot of window there. And then if you look over your left shoulder, if you want to make a lane change or you know check if there's somebody there, you can't see. You only have the mirror there. There's just no glass there. You absolutely cannot see. So, boy, the visibility was just shockingly bad. Uh, now, I'm sure you can you get used to it and what have you. You get used to any car. But, boy, that it really soured me on a car that I really like the look of. And I got in. I was just, my goodness. In fact, even there were a few times where I was at a red light and I was on the, I had the line. I was the first car at the light. And just looking out of the windshield, I couldn't see the light because the, the windshield, the, the roof line was just right on top of my head. Couldn't see out. I had to look over at the, like there's always a third, like lower position traffic light for that, I guess for that exact reason. But anyway, yeah, that was a, that was a strange experience. And, and it just, again, every time I'm in, I'm not saying there aren't other great cars besides Tesla's. There absolutely are, but Every time I'm in a non-Tesla and then I get back in my car, I just feel so grateful and humbled to own my my Performance Model 3. I just love that car so much. It's just so wonderful. Um, and I'm sure, you know, this was a rental, so it was the, the bottom-of-the-line Camaro, which I'm guessing is a V6 probably. Uh, it really felt like a dog too, but I'll bet like the SS versions and there, I'm sure there are very fun versions of the Camaro, but anyway, uh, 
that's that. And by the way, speaking of detailing the car, I put it out there last week about that I was considering the chrome, uh, like a gunmetal satin gray chrome delete to match the new wheels. I heard from a lot of you. Thank you. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You get enough of you. Most people were saying, yes, do it. It's going to look great. You're going to love it. So, uh, OC detailing is going to do it. Immaculate Reflections, he does a lot of amazing work, but he does not do chrome deletes. So OC detailing uh, over in Fremont, who, that's Joe, he did my window tinting back when I got my car. So uh, I'm going to head back over there and, and get the chrome delete. He does, Joe does Teslas almost literally all day. Uh, it's, if you look on his Instagram feed, it's almost all Teslas along with, although some other really cool stuff pops up on the, on his in his shop as well. But anyway, made an appointment for that. Looking forward to it. Thank you to everybody for your feedback there. Pro tip of the week time, Adam from Portland, Oregon. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Ryan, this is Adam from Portland, Oregon. First time calling in. Been with you since episode 48, though. Love the podcast. I think I got a pro tip for everyone out there. I was recently on a road trip camping. I went out to deep in eastern Oregon. The last supercharger along my way was in Bend. And on that Friday night, I got all charged up. I headed out to camping, out, no cell phone service, anything. Got all the way out there, had a great weekend. Came back to the same supercharger on Sunday evening to get charged up before heading home. And it said I was locked out of my account that the, the charge on Friday never went through. Well, I'd forgotten that I had uh, some fraudulent stuff happen with a, a credit card not too long before that, and I had to cancel that credit card, and they sent me a new one, and I forgot that that's the one that I had in my Tesla account, so it never got updated. So I was locked out of using the superchargers on a Sunday night a couple hundred miles from home. Uh, I ended up waiting on hold with the Tesla service for about an hour and a half, finally got through to someone. They were super helpful, but they couldn't completely fix it. All they did is they... They pulled the, the hold on my account so I could get charged up for that night and head home. And then I had to call in the next day when there were more staff available to figure out what the actual problem was. What it came down to it was since the card was canceled, uh, the initial charge on Friday, it went through because they don't charge the card until the charge session is done. And it immediately didn't go through. They actually emailed me about it, but because I left service for the weekend, was out camping, I never actually saw the email come through. And so it wasn't until I was at the supercharger that Sunday night that I realized something was wrong. On that Sunday, I had went into my phone, into my Tesla account, and I updated with a new credit card, and it still wouldn't work. And so that's why I had to go through all the business with calling in, get it set up. The tip here is if you have to cancel a card or maybe your car, credit card's about to expire, obviously the first thing is to just make sure you update that in your Tesla account. But if you ever run into the situation that I did, the quick fix for that is when you update your card in your Tesla account, you then have to go back to the original charge that didn't go through and you have to manually pay for that one. It won't retroactively go back and so it won't unlock your account until that one's paid for. So had I known that, because I did update my card on that Sunday, had I known, I could have just went in and navigated through the, the sub pages on Tesla's website and paid for that account, and it would have unlocked the supercharger for me. But I didn't know. All I was doing was updating my credit card, and then it still wouldn't work. So love the podcast. 
you deserve the roadsters coming to you and cheers. Adam, I am sorry this happened to you, but I very much appreciate you channeling your stress and anxiety into a productive tip for your fellow Tesla drivers. It's very kind. And now you know, and it won't ever cause this much of a headache for you again. So cheers, Adam. Thanks so much. And again, if you've got a pro tip of the week, something interesting about your car that you have learned or figured out, uh, please send it my way. Same way that you send in the phone calls, either emailing me the voice recording, teslapodcast at gmail.com, or dialing into the Ride the the Lightning hotline, pardon me, the number for which I gave you at the top of the show. All right, time to get rolling for this week. I want to first mention abstractocean.com. Again, this is my words, not theirs. I hope uh, Abstract Ocean takes this as a compliment. The Costco of Tesla accessories, they've got all just rows, aisles and aisles of stuff, virtually speaking there, on their website, abstractocean.com. Tempered glass screen protectors, interior lighting kits, uh, including in different colors. If you don't just want white light in the footwells and the door pockets, you can pick other colors. They've also got uh, stuff like the vinyl wrap kits for the center console. If you don't want that that fingerprint-tastic, scratch, uh, easily scratched, glossy, black surface. You can change that to a bunch of different neat options. All that and much more, abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, at checkout in order to get 15% off of your first order from them. Meanwhile, uh, I mentioned Immaculate Reflections, whom I just got back from. He's got discounts for those of you who are Ride the Lightning listeners. Hint, hint, that's you if you're hearing this. So be sure to inquire about that. Mention Ride the Lightning. Uh, and you can get in touch and book with Jeff on his website, irdetailing.com. If you're in the market for paint correction, paint protection film, ceramic coating, which was what I was just in there for, any of that, all of it, whatever you want to do, Jeff will talk it through with you, figure out what's best for you and what you're, uh, what you're looking to do. And by the way, he did want me to mention, he was very, like, just so sincere about this right as I was about to leave. He, he felt really bad. He said that lately between the uh, just general busyness of the summer, but more so, uh, you know, we've had the wildfires here in Northern California, and he's out uh, a little closer to them. And uh, the he said he, he's had no, there's been ash in the air, smoke and ash in the air, and it's gotten into his shop. And you know he he can't he can't do paint protection film and have any bits of ash getting underneath like the air. He has this cool thing in his shop that like sucks all the particulates out of the air, but it's you know it can't help when there's just ash everywhere. So anyway. He said uh, he wanted me to express his apologies if you have emailed him in uh, the last couple few weeks and he has not gotten back to you promptly. He sends his sincere apologies, uh, He, but he says he doesn't want to use that as an excuse. He says, I own it. I apologize. Just tell them I apologize and that uh, he'll get back to you. So anyway, there is that. I, I love Jeff because that's, again, he's an incredibly talented detailer, but he's an even better person. And I can, I will... I would vouch for him uh, eight days out of the week. That's even though there are only seven days of the week. Uh, He is just a wonderful person. Anyway, Pure Tesla 
is the next friend I wanna mention, puretesla.com slash RTL. That's the website to go to if you'd like to do a one-stop shop for your dash cam. Find out all the details there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States, puretesla.com slash RTL. Uh, and the same goes for the snap plate. If you are a fellow Tesla driver who hates a front license plate, but also hates getting tickets for, for lack of front license plate, livingtesla.com slash RTL is the website to go to. Snap plates got you covered. It is secure, but it comes with a tool you can keep right in the car to easily take it on and off with no damage to the radiator, to the paint, to autopilot. Just It won't interfere or hurt anything. You can pop it on and off fairly easily with the included tool that you can keep in your car, whether you're, again, taking it off for car shows, putting it on for parking meters, etc. livingtesla.com slash RTL. And finally... Jada, uh, getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. Jada spelled J-E-D-A. That's the referral link that I humbly and kindly ask you to use if you're interested in purchasing a wireless charging pad for the Model 3 to wirelessly charge your smartphone and or purchase one of their USB hubs. So if you're interested in either or both of those, head to that URL and don't forget the coupon code Ride the lightning, all one word, uh, ride the lightning for 10 bucks off. So thank you to Jada for offering that to the ride the lightning audience. That will about do it. Uh, You can subscribe to the podcast. That way the show pushes to you rather than you having to remember to go get it every week. uh, Subscribing is free and you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, tune in, yes, in your Tesla, Spotify, or I'm also on YouTube with uh, no video, but it's just there. The audio is there on YouTube. If you want to listen to it, just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube and you'll find my channel pretty easily. That will about wrap it up. I want to thank the Patreon producers, including my newest Patreon producer, John Schmidt. Thank you so much, John, for your support. And I want to also thank Pete White, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondal, Jerry and Mary Smith, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, Richard Folkers, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Mark Eversoll, Ish, Chris Beach, Aaron Altschul, Steve Radspinner, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Seth Capello, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, my friend on Twitter, at Rodam, Hud Hassel, Nick and Tony, and uh, finally, last but certainly not least, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, as well as that newest member of the club, John Schmidt. Thank you all very, very much for your support. All right, I have talked for long enough this week. This has been episode 266 of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. 
For a now, yeah, oh yeah, now sleeping Daisy the Boxer, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Happy electric motoring, my friends, and I'll see you next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.